This Week in HPC. Congress floats exascale legislation. And Zimbabwe gets its first supercomputer. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman, and This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. How's it going, Michael? Very well, Addison. How's it going there? Doing fine, thanks. We've got some interesting developments with two different countries on opposite sides of the world and their HPC investments. Do you want to start with the big one or the little one? Let's start with the big one. All right. On the big one, on one side of the world, we were talking last week and last week in HPC about uh, U.S. exascale plans, and here's a follow-up to that. We have three members of Congress have introduced legislation or or are introducing legislation uh, regarding exascale. Yeah, we have uh, three senators got together, Senator Lamar Alexander from Tennessee. Three, three congressmen, two Con- senators and one representative. Right, two, two senators. Uh, Lamar Alexander is the senator from Tennessee, one of the senators there, Senator Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin, and then uh, a U.S. rep uh, from Illinois, Randy Holtgren. And they got together and they... They came out with basically what looks like a draft of legislation. It hasn't been assigned an HR number yet, but it's uh, it's called the Exascale Computing Leadership Act of 2015, and the idea is to create uh, partnerships between industries, universities, and the, the Department of Energy, uh, National Labs, to to get two Exascale computers out uh, fielded by by 2023, basically. Yeah, 2023 isn't mentioned in this specific draft that we have the the link to. It's really just a one-page outline more than anything else that talks about some of the motherhood and apple pie statements about why America needs to lead the way in supercomputing and exascale in particular for, uh, it says, improving nuclear weapon performance, developing advanced safeguard instruments for nonproliferation, speed of design, engineering, manufacturing better performing, more efficient commercial military aircraft, automobiles, trucks, spacecraft, etc. So it's, it's got a few different uh, research areas here and says very clearly that the United States is behind China right now, thanks to Tianhe, uh, and that, uh, that the first country to achieve exascale computing, this is a quote from the draft, will gain a significant competitive intellectual, technological, and economic advantage. Advantage. Which I think uh, I think we would both think is a as a bit hyperbolic there. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bit of an overstatement. I mean, it's done for political effect, and certainly the the concern about China is real. But again, this is sort of the political impetus behind uh, I think this legislation, and it's not like they're they're trying to accelerate the roadmap. I mean, the DOE has talked about 2022, 2023 for some time, and and China is uh, is aiming for certainly around. 2020. We know the Japanese are, are certainly aiming for 2020 as well. So it's not something that they they want to actually be number number one against, but uh, right. they want to get the program moving certainly. 
Well, China is kind of the scariest country there to the U.S. government. That's the that's the threat is that communist China will will uh, surpass us in supercomputing or or maintain or extend its lead in supercomputing technologies there. But for me, every time I evaluate Exa scale in particular, I try to remind myself that Exa is an arbitrary mild mile sign on on the long highway here. It's not like it's the beginning or the end of anything. It's just another number along the way. And uh, you can lead the system. You can be the first at exascale, but you could be the first also to 100 petaflops or to 10 exaflops or any other number. Right. And the current system in China, the Tianhe 2 system, is, is at a petaflop ranking above us, but it, I don't think anybody necessarily thinks that China is now the the leading country in supercomputing or HPC. I mean, they still have to, you know, deal with all the other aspects of supercomputing like software and and integration and, and getting the applications through that system. So it's it doesn't automatically make you uh, the number one country just because you have a certain flop rating on your on your hardware. Which is an interesting point, Michael, and one that we've already discussed a great deal about is exascale just a synonym for exaflop. And what we've talked about before is the whole point of going to exascale as a word is that you're talking about having reasonable software applications that are capable of running at that level of scale. And we would point to the Tianhe system as saying that this is not one that's published a, a lot of reasonable benchmarks or meaningful benchmarks at that kind of scale. And yet, this draft that we have, this outline, goes so far as to define exascale computers are capable of one exaflops without any kind of other architectural or software discussion around that. Do you think we're at risk now of, of slipping back and, and just talking about the flops? Well, I mean, certainly at this level of, of making legislation, I don't think they're going to get into the, the details that are going to be required for the people that are actually going to build, design these systems. But yeah, I mean, it sort of is, is to the, the public face of it, it, it does sound like they're just talking about flops. But underneath the covers, uh, the people that are going to design and use these systems are going to be doing a lot more than, than just flop counting. Well, and to be fair, I think that's the way public perception is going to run. I, I, the first time someone hits an exaflop on Linpack, someone's going to blow the trumpet and say exascale is here, and there's not going to be a lot stopping that. Right. I mean, it's interesting in the uh, this draft legislation, they do specify they want to select two or more national labs to develop two uh, different approaches for achieving exascales. They are still have this two-pronged approach, maybe compete architectures, maybe very different architectures that they they want to fund. Now, they didn't put in any funding numbers at this point, just just sort of the, uh, the general outline of, of how they're going to do this. Yeah, that's from the press release, not from this draft itself. But again, seeing that two-pronged approach, and we have to think that the two that they have in mind are the uh, Intel-based approach and the open power-based approach, which have become the two dominant choices for high-end computing among an entire field of different architectural options. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the dark horse here might be an, uh, an ARM-powered system with, with some other accelerator on it. I mean, there's actually no time timeline for this other than the end date, so the, the actual selection and, and design of these systems still might be a, a few years away. 
Yeah, I, I think that's clear. And again, separating out from Exascale, the, the notion of this new era in parallelism is, is the real thing that's playing out. When we talk about Exascale systems being hard to build, it's not the Exa really that's driving that. It's just the ongoing evolution of new computer architecture is driving us to this new method of parallelism. And if you're going to go to Exascale and beyond, you're going to be looking at what does parallel uh, what does parallelism mean in that time frame. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people have said you can basically build an exascale system today. It just wouldn't be a very practical machine to program or use because of the uh, the expense and the, and the scalability problems. But, uh, you know, it, it sounds like they're at least serious about putting together a program, at least for the DOE, and, and getting a, a serious program started. Now, we'll, we'll follow this legislation as it goes through the normal channels and gets uh, hopefully gets approved and, and get some funding behind it. But for now, it's, it's a very interesting start. Going then to the opposite end of the world, Michael, also this week in HPC, <laughs> we found the first national supercomputer going into Zimbabwe. Yeah, this is the first uh, first system in Zimbabwe. In fact, the first center for high-performance computing there, the facility and the supercomputing. And this is all Chinese uh, uh, base. Inspur is the uh, the Inspur group is the the provider there. But China is providing the Chinese government is providing the loan, which I guess is interest-free for about 5.4 million or 5.5 million U.S. dollars. So they're basically giving this away for the time being and installing the whole center and system. Uh, for Zimbabwe. Now, that is very interesting, especially because uh, the, the Zimbabwe government under Robert Mugabe has not exactly been friendly to the West or the United States in particular. So if they're going to get HPC resources, presumably it's going to come from elsewhere. And here it's China coming in. Yeah, and China's had good relations with Zimbabwe. And in fact, a lot of the developing countries in Africa, they've made a push there. Um, and like you said, uh, Zimbabwe in particular does not have good relations with with the West. And there's export uh, uh, laws in effect that would make it very difficult, if not impossible, for any Western-based uh, provider to do this. But it's not like there's a big <laughs> there's a big market there. But it, it is interesting. Inspur is, is involved in different uh, developing countries. They have a system, I guess, in Sudan, but they're also uh, have development systems in Venezuela and even Cuba. So they're sort of uh, have their own niche. They're sort of forming around some of the developing countries and maybe countries that are not so friendly with uh, the Western uh, nations. That system in Sudan interested me. I was unaware of it until Inspur in its announcements declared that this would be the third national supercomputer in uh, Africa. Obviously, we're familiar with the CHPC in South Africa, uh, and that's where I was last December, actually fairly close to uh, Zimbabwe, uh, as it turned out. But uh, I was not familiar with the one in Sudan, and, and then this would be presumably a third national supercomputer center. Now, I don't think those are the only HPC systems in all of Africa. There are any number of universities that would have small HPC clusters across the continent, uh, in addition to, uh, I think, energy companies that might have local uh, HPC clusters. Right. They're likely quite a quite a few, or, or at least some number of sort of unpromoted uh 
HPC clusters of various sizes, like you said, through the universities and maybe through some small research organizations, but uh, uh, not many at the federal government level. And this is this one is going into uh, an academic uh, institution, and it's worth noting it's 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 a fairly modest-sized system. It's 36 uh, teraflops, um, not a very big system, but uh, you know, for for a start, it's it's for uh, Zimbabwe and their scientific research. Right. I mean, it only rates as a, essentially a mid-range cluster, according to, to our standards. Uh, I doubt it's any more than a full-up rack, don't you? Yeah, probably so. I mean, it's uh, right. It's, I think it's basically an x86 cluster of a fairly small size. I mean, even yeah, you can even buy a modest-sized cluster that'll get you up to 100 teraflops pretty easily, especially if you put a few accelerators in it. So this is definitely a, a modest-sized system they're starting out with. Going back to supercomputing, we were even seeing people talking about a petaflop in Iraq. Right. This is less than a tenth of that. So uh, now that's an architectural consideration. Do you have uh, uh, accelerators, GPUs, Xeon Phi's going into those systems? So it, de it depends on the configuration, of course. But uh, this is uh, this is a substantial fraction of the the maximum you could put into a single rack. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it's probably just a straight-up x86 system. They, they don't have much experience or any experience right now with uh, any of the local scientists in Zimbabwe and how to program these, but they want to use it for things like uh, weather forecasting and maybe some of the geophysical research that, that has to do with some of the uh, industry in Zimbabwe and other scientific research that's academically oriented that, uh, at the universities there. Not nuclear weapons research in this case. Do we think Mugabe wants the bomb? Well, hopefully not, but they're certainly not going to talk about it if they do. Um, yeah, you, you, again, this is something that's probably why the, the West would not field the system for this government. They just uh, they don't trust Mugabe or the, uh, the administration there of doing something militaristic with a large system. It does beg the question, though, of whether the Chinese military or defense organization has any interest, given that they're the ones funding all of this. Is, you know, are they putting any kind of system on the ground in Africa to, to fuel Chinese defense interests? Well, I think the Chinese government here is basically trying to build partnerships in Africa. I think they're, they're looking at Africa as an opportunity that, that the West is, is more or less ignoring, and, and they've heavily invested in uh, other countries, certainly Zimbabwe, they have about $100 million in loans just in that country and in, in other developing countries in uh, in Africa as well. And I, I think the Chinese government is sort of high on getting, uh, getting their foot in the door in Africa for various reasons. Two supercomputers at the opposite sides of the world on opposite ends of the scalability spectrum. We'll keep watching it. Yep. <laughs> thanks, Michael, and Thank thanks, you. everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 